Today's episode is about money. After experiencing a pregnancy or infant loss, you may have a change in your income, you may have financial goals that have shifted, and you may also have some thoughts about making a pivot in your career going from a W-2 employee to an independent contractor or a locums type job. This podcast explores some of the different questions that may come up and challenges you may be experiencing as you navigate your financial future. Give it a listen and join me as I talk with a certified retirement counselor and independent wealth advisor. Welcome to the Pause to Remember podcast. My name is Amy Pelkey. I'm a practicing CRNA, yoga teacher, and mother to one son here on earth and one daughter who was stillborn. If you are a healthcare provider who has experienced pregnancy or infant loss, this podcast is for you. My goal is to offer resources, conversations, and mindfulness-based grief tools to help providers like you build the courage to acknowledge and process your emotions, the strength to carry your grief, and resilience so you can preserve your career, relationships, and overall well-being while honoring the memory of your baby. I want to assure you that you are not alone in your grief. I am thankful that you are here today. Let's begin. Life can get messy sometimes. Experiencing pregnancy or infant loss is tough. It can become a big financial impact in your life, especially if you need to take time off from work or want to make a career change. Today, my guest is Adam Kearns, and he's going to offer some financial options, both short and long-term for anyone who might be reevaluating certain aspects of their life after pregnancy or infant loss. Adam is a certified retirement counselor and independent wealth advisor with LPL Financial. He has been supporting individuals, facilities, and businesses with financial goal planning and support since 2003. He is also a father, married to a pediatric nurse, helps my husband and I with our financial future, and he's our friend. Welcome, Adam. Amy, thank you so much for uh, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today and uh, hopefully uh, provide some support for many of your listeners. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure to share this conversation with you. So Brian and I have learned so much from you about wealth management strategies, saving for retirement, and proper insurance coverages. I know when we, I was working as an independent contractor and Brian was kind of in between jobs. You helped us get health insurance, and that was so helpful to us. For us, it was hard to know where to begin, and you have really been able to create this roadmap for us and made us feel a lot more comfortable with our um, financial health. And so I thought maybe you could offer some of your financial experience and planning um, with the audience here at Pause to Remember and thought maybe I'd just let you kind of jump in and, and guide us through your framework. Sure, absolutely. So like any you know, successful journey, it always starts with a well-thought plan and a map to get you there. And so many, so many of us out there, you, when it comes to saving, investing, um, making sure that 
the financial house is in good order. You really have to start somewhere. And we all, uh, even though we have unique situations, we all have a unique set of goals financially and otherwise. You know, very often they, they start at a, at a similar starting point as you're framing things out for yourself. So my practice is, is very broad scope when it comes to wealth management, retirement planning, and making sure families are adequately protected with insurance. There's a pretty wide scope out there of, of services that are available for folks. And really my practice you know, starts with the, the foundation and, and finding out that individual or household or, or business owner, really there, hone in on their specifics and then help them um, you know, build that out um, exactly the way that they'd like it to. And so um, often they start with the same set of questions that really help me get a good understanding of their situation, what's important to them. And then from there, help guide us down the, the road, uh, the, the direction that they should be heading. I love how you're talking about tailoring your services to individual goals and specific needs. And I think that when you have a pregnancy or infant loss and you are really starting to reconsider things or reprioritize things, having somebody who can hone in on those unique goals or um, concerns is really valuable. Absolutely. And, and quite often getting down to the basics, finding out what is most important for an individual or a household. You want the financial aspects of that to supplement what is most important, which is the, the health and the well-being of the family and the, the taking care of one another. You want to have that financial plan that, that supports the greater good. Yes. Do you want to talk kind of um, like specific scenarios that people may have, maybe taking somebody who just experienced a loss and they feel like, oh, wow, I really need to take my full maternity leave and maybe just go back part time. And so not only do they maybe not have enough um, paid time off to have that hmm. full maternity leave, especially if they lost their their baby halfway through their pregnancy. And they thought that they were going to accrue a few more weeks of, of paid time mm -hmm. off before they needed to tap into that, or they just have less income coming in when they go back. Maybe they only feel comfortable going back a couple of days a week. And they're in the situation where they're like, how am I going to cover my student loans and my mortgage and mm -hmm. that sort of thing? Can you help reframe how they might approach that situation if they came to work with you? Definitely. Often it, it starts off with a budget or an expenses type of a worksheet. It could be on a piece of yellow notebook paper. It could be on a spreadsheet. That's a tool that I use with my customers, one that has been honed through years of experience. But often it's a really taking it down to simplicity when you when you figure uh, and factor in income versus expenses and having a good idea of the cash flow so that when you're making those decisions you'll you'll know what you're capable of and then um, certainly it will help aid and assist you when it comes time to asking the questions of you know, how much paid time uh, is available to me, maybe the person at the HR department that you need to field those questions to or send those questions to to get an answer. And then exploring other possibilities where maybe there are some scenarios that they might not even know are available through the a disability insurance policy that may be out there that has a provision that provides some supplemental care. And then certainly it can go on to when you're looking for um, wise decisions when it comes to borrowing and exploring those options out there if needs be. 
often it, it then kind of goes back to that beginning budgeting and expenses type situation where you're you're really trying to get a good idea of the cash flow of your situation, getting it all down on paper or getting it all down electronically so it's visible and, and really dollarizing that and going from there. A again, as you can imagine, everybody's situation is going to be different. But when you start there, you, you get a pretty good idea of of what you're capable of, what you can, what you can work with, and then explore from there the, the possibilities. And I think sometimes when you're in, especially that acute grieving process, it's almost like your brain just can't turn on and you need somebody to say, Hey, did you talk to HR? Hey, did you check into mm -hmm. your short-term disability or your long-term disability policy and have somebody be that person to kind of check things off? with you and and support you when you just feel like everything is overwhelming? It's a wonderful question to ask of any financial professional. And we in the business, when it comes to the financial services industry, there, there are a lot of different specialities um, when it comes to who's working in the financial services industry. So asking that simple question is, is this part of your practice? Is this something that you do for your clients? Do you have experience in that space? Finding that person, just like you said, will be able to provide that information for you and then help, you know, make a, a, a joint conference call with you or give you the question that you should be asking, asking and pointing you in the right direction to the proper person to feel that having somebody that's, you know, and, and again, it's a big part of my practice is helping customers in that space. Often that's a, that's part of the starting point um, when building a, a relationship with a, with a new household. Sure. So say somebody, you know, was needing a little bit more cash flow and they wanted to borrow against their current retirement savings. Maybe they just want the cash flow to buy them some time before they went back to work full time, or maybe they were going to explore some uh, infertility treatment, that sort of thing. And they needed some cash to help assist with those costs. Can you talk a little bit about things to consider before you start borrowing against savings you already have in a retirement account, whether it's a 401k or a 403b? Absolutely. So the first, um, the first question or set of questions that you'll want to ask of your plan administrator. Typically, it's a, an individual or individuals who are part of the HR team at your employer. The provisions available to borrow against the 401, a 401, 401k, 403b, whether uh, that's a possibility or not. Sometimes it is, sometimes it is not, depending on the plan type uh, and depending on the plan provisions that have that have been drawn up. All companies are subtly different in their details. One important document or one document that will summarize that for you, um, which just about everybody out there could attain, is called uh, a plan summary agreement that is required by law to be available to anyone, any employee um, of a company that offers a 401 plan of any type. It's annually is when it has to be delivered, but often it's available via a PDF through your employer site. And again, a financial professional like myself could help you decipher that, that document as well. But going through and finding out if uh, those provisions are available, if they are, the important considerations to, to take to factor in is uh, when you do borrow against a retirement account balance, the number one factor to consider there is you're, you're actually paying interest on your own deposits, or in some cases, it's employer 
balances that they are allowing you to, to borrow against. And sometimes it's a great option for folks that are in need. So you want to carefully consider that you will be incurring some interest against some borrowed balances. You typically pay that back through your payroll deduction, similar to how you're, you're adding money into there. So as you continue to add employee contributions, it pays that loan back. And indeed, the, the other factors that as you're incurring interest, those dollars that you have withdrawn for yourself for the current financial need, they obviously won't be invested and in continuing to grow while they are borrowed against. So again, kind of a two-factor two thing to, to consider there. But again, these are all, um, if it is a possibility and it's something that will be helpful to your household and, and you work with somebody like myself who could help you dollarize that, you really could consider it from both sides to see if that's something that will benefit you ultimately in the end. Tax consideration is something that's important. The borrowing against the 401k, typically you are able to do that without any tax penalty, but being careful when you're making any sort of an action where you're taking some of the dollars that are in a retirement plan balance or a retirement plan, you want to be very careful that you're not performing a transaction of some type, whether it's a withdrawal or otherwise, that would incur a taxable event and or potentially a penalty to take those out. So a number of things to consider, definitely it's starting with the possibility uh, of being able to do that and then having somebody do the analysis with you to dollarize that and then explore from there. Those are a lot of things to consider, things that I wouldn't have even thought of, like the tax consideration. But if you are needing money and getting an advance on your credit card, that does not make financial sense in a lot of situations because of high interest rates. You know, having that conversation and exploring all your options, it's nice to have somebody who at least can point you in the right direction and help you interpret some of those documentations like the plan summary agreement. Absolutely. Looking at the interest rates that you would be incurring, because again, you know, doing a bar, just like you said, borrowing against a credit card or maybe a line of credit or something like that, financially speaking, may be a greater amount of interest, but kind of looking at from all of the possibilities and all the angles, um, certainly the the health and well-being of the family and being able to to take care of the things you need to take care of at home is the most important, right? And it's factoring in those, those details about making those wise decisions based on everything you're, that's capable is really important to hone in on. For sure. Now, a lot of people who may be listening to this are healthcare providers and unfortunately going to school to become a doctor or nurse practitioner and, you know, any kind of graduate type degree gets pretty costly and it's not uncommon to have six figures in student loan debt. If somebody was working with you and trying to navigate a sizable, you know, $150,000, $300,000 in student loan debt, do you have any approaches to dealing with that kind of debt and planning a future so, you, so providers don't feel like, you know, in the midst of all this going on, they can't even think about retirement at 60, 65? <laughs> so it, I definitely... And it seems like it just gets so visibly greater and greater as time goes on, the, the cost of the uh, the education. The folks in the health, I have all the respect in the world, you know this, Amy, for, for everyone in the healthcare industry. Um, and it is, it is very costly to get the education that you need. From the experience in that standpoint, really with any 
any job line out there, any career line, kind of honing in specifically on healthcare, having something that's very tangible and easy to use and refer back to, i.e. a budgeting tool, often brings the most success for people who are in that space. So very simply, if you have a, a budgeting tool that gives you very clear transparency on the dollars that are flowing in and the dollars that are flowing out, it gives you the ability to really allocate properly and where you're able to save a few dollars and you feel accomplished. At least that's been my experience personally and with, with folks that I work with is that when you can see that you're saving $5, $10, $50 a month here or there, and you're able to take it from you know, this pocket over here and move it over to that pocket over there, you, i.e. retirement or whether it's paying down student loan debt, you feel accomplished. And, and what it does, oftentimes it breeds the desire to make those smart money decisions on a, on a week over week, month over month, year over year basis to really feel like you're heading down that road. And to bolt on to that as part of my planning practice is you then can start to see the dollars that you're saving for retirement, let's say somebody's in their mid thirties, where we can do a quick calculation to say, if you're doing X, you know, let's say it's $50 a month into account, it may not seem a lot like, or it might not seem like it's a lot right now, but if you look out 30 years and you estimate those dollars are growing at a, you know, a reasonable amount, depending on the risk tolerance you want to take on in an investment, you take a look at what those balances are accumulated over time. It really helps you feel good about what you're doing in, in the here and now. That makes sense. In, in some ways, it's almost like having a coach or a mentor guide you. And when you're feeling financially overwhelmed, having somebody like you to say, hey, this is plan A, B, or C that you could choose from. Let's figure out which plan works best for you. And then having uh, somebody who you're somewhat accountable to, you know, my experience working with you and my husband's experience is we check in with you, we come up with a plan, but then you check back in with us. And so having somebody, you know, that, you know, you're a little bit accountable who can see what's going on with your money is helpful for staying on track with some of those plans and goals that you have. That's terrific feedback. I love to hear that too. And then it's something that I've grown to to come to know and working with uh, with folks is that that it tends to be something that's very uh, very much appreciated. And I think of in my own life um, with other aspects of my life when um, when I'm working with a professional that's proactive to make sure that I'm staying on track, whether it be health and wellness or otherwise. It, it really makes a difference. You know, us, we, we like to, as human beings, we like to know that, you know, we have a team around us and, and we're all helping. One Absolutely. And it's nice to be able to draw on each other's strengths in areas that we might not feel as strong or as knowledgeable in and be able to, you know, extend our network and our community and grow and do a little bit better in our own personal lives with the support. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. I know for myself that after we lost Anna, I definitely had some moments where I was thinking about making some pivots and tried some different things in my own career, including um, being an independent contractor with 
the pandemic and staffing shortages and a lot of things that have happened over the last couple of years, locums has become much more common. And I know one of my concerns about no longer being a traditional W-2 employee that had uh, you know, an insurance plan and health insurance and that sort of thing. I didn't really know where to start in terms of figuring out how am I going to have my health insurance? How am I going to have my retirement? Do you want to talk a little bit about retirement if you are an independent contractor doing locums and how you would help support somebody if they wanted to make that pivot in their career? There are many different varieties of retirement savings plans out there. If you're transitioning from an employer-sponsored plan where it's a 401k or something to that effect, and now you are working as essentially your own company and you are, you may be an employee of one. Uh, I'm actually set up that way as well. I'm I'm a sole proprietorship. In that regard, you do have certain retirement accounts that are available to you if you're an employee of one. You are are a business owner. Maybe you employ five to seven, 10 people. There are retirement plans out there that that you can sign up for you and your employees that are like an employer-sponsored plan, but they're not necessarily a 401 or a 403B. So many different available options for you. They're typically um, have their own set of details and you have your industry laws take that from the IRS mainly as to what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do as far as savings or retirement goes. So having a professional like myself or another licensed professional, I'm in a a professional designation as a certified retirement counselor. So for many years now, um, that's been a a mainstay of my practice is helping people. It tends to be the cornerstone of the financial goal planning process. The retirement planning stone is a, a big stone in that wall, taking time to look at where you have come from and where you are going to and what that landscape looks like, i.e. how many employees you have and the makeup of the business um, and the type of business that you're in. Taking all of those details and then looking at all of the available options to you and exploring those and really looking at, so you have all of the information, right? You really know what to look for. And then obviously the guidance that goes along with that to, to point you in the right direction to say, all right, here, here's your list of bullet points for each one. This one would serve you the best, if that all makes sense. It's, it's pretty wide scope as we come back to the beginning of that is that there's so many out there. Typically, typically, it's because business, there's there's so many different ways that business is conducted and it continues to be more and more robust, if you will, out there, um, the way businesses can be framed for themselves. So taking time to explore all of the available options um, that you have is is going to be important. That, that really, I think, will make or break just about anyone when they're on their path to saving for retirement um, and achieving the goal they want to achieve. Now, I know as a W-2 employee, I was able to put about $19,500 pre-tax dollars into my 403B because I worked for a nonprofit. So if I was working as a locums and had set up an LLC for myself, and it was just me, no employees, and I wanted to put some money away, could I put more pre-tax dollars away into an investment vehicle or account with you than I was putting in as a W-2 employee. 
You actually could. So without go without being too specific, obviously being careful, but just to give you one example, a SEP IRA is often a choice that ends up being one that serves an individual business or let's say an individual like a CRNA um, who is now there, you know, a sole proprietorship set up as a locum. A SEP IRA is one that allows you to defer in 2022 tax year up to 25% of your salary or 61,000, whichever is lesser of the two. So depending on how much you are paying yourself as a 1099 and how your business is set up, whether you're on payroll or not, work obviously would always be working very closely with an accountant to make sure that we're staying within the IRS guidelines and rules and not uh, overfunding anything. To use that as one example, a SEP IRA, gives you that ability where you could put more than just say the 19,000 that's available to you under a 401k or or a 403b generally speaking. I think that's a nice way to frame how there's so many different options when you are working for yourself. And sometimes when you're grieving, you feel like you have zero control in your life. And I know personally, it was nice to feel like I had control over choosing a different employment option during that those early years of, of grieving. And so I, I'm glad you were able to frame that out as an example that people potentially could have. Definitely. And and it, when you are uh, exploring the possibilities, professionals that you would want to work with, this is a great question to ask. And, it, and it's in all of the quote unquote manuals that are out there when you're searching for a financial professional. If you're exploring that, you want to find an individual through an interview process. If you're checking in, looking for uh, for someone, you you probably want to take a look at a few different people asking questions, but find out if their approach is in fact a let's explore all of the options that are available to you. That professional should be asking you some questions that really get to the heart of what your specific situation is. Talk about not only the the makeup of your business, but where you want your business to grow, as well as your savings and investment and retirement plan that go along with that. Um, Have something that's flexible to move with you as your business grows and as you continue to grow. But those plans should be really based around a professional that is is open-minded and giving you some available options to consider. Obviously, you want that guidance, at least at what I've found and the feedback that I've received in, in working with folks that may have worked out there with another professional is that the better results will come from being able to do some analysis on every angle possible, as opposed to maybe just having one option be be put on a shelf. That makes a lot of sense. I know, you know, some of the hesitation to um, breaking off from the W-2 route and, and doing something like locums in addition to the retirement planning is the health insurance and disability. I know that you helped us um, get connected with some health insurance when we needed it. Are you still doing that now? We do. As a, I actually have some folks that I work with that are partners that specialize in that. Um, not being a specialty of mine, but knowing a few different companies that really do specialize in in health insurance is important to have someone that you know and that you trust and you can work with. So I could definitely make a connection for anyone out there that uh, that needed to be on the disability insurance side. That is something that I do as part of 
my insurance protection that where I can run the analysis for anyone that wants to take a look at those. Disability insurance is a is a type of insurance where there are a lot of different varieties out there. You know, one disability plan may offer a, a set of coverages and you might put a disability plan right next to it that looks almost identical, but without knowing where to look and read down into the details and the bullet points of what is covered and what is not covered. It could look very similar, but it could be drastically different in in how the coverage uh, is paid out if a claim is ever filed. That's something that that I can handle directly. It's like one-stop shopping with you. <laughs> you can just help navigate <laughs> all these different areas for people like me who are new to it. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. great. And I, you know, also too, the other thing that um, I'll just kind of plug you here for is you have worked with our CPA, which has made it easier too. It's nice, you know, that you are open to that aspect of things as well to try to make this as seamless for people as possible. I think it's critical to work very closely with the tax professional. There are so many aspects of what we do in services for the customer and what uh, the CPA does in services for the customer and everything is, it, it should be a very close relationship to where we are all working, specifically the accountant and myself are working as a team to benefit the individual business owner household. Having, I, I've seen, it's interesting when it's a force that's not closely connected or maybe even working against one another, it can be rather disastrous situation for, for the household. And so it really is a situation where if it's a good, close working relationship together for benefit of the customer, it's fantastic. You, know, you, you couldn't have a better situation. Absolutely. And finding people that you can trust is more than half the battle, I think, sometimes. So being able to, you know, if you already have a CPA that you like, being able to add you into that mix is nice that you are willing to work with other financial services people. Absolutely. Very often the accountant is, is part of the customer's trusted financial relationship because they've been filing, generally speaking, folks have been filing tax returns long before they have a financial goal plan in place. And so they've, they've built that trust. And when it comes to trust, your health and your money are two of the most important aspects of, of your life. And having the professionals that work with that should absolutely be two people or, or sets of people that that you trust implicitly um, with that. And so working alongside really anyone and making myself available to come into that world for the best service possible for the client is the most important part of, of what I do. Can't say that enough. So, yeah. The nice thing too, especially since we're coming on the other side of the worst of COVID, hopefully knock on wood, is right. we've always met in person just because we live close to each other, but you have that option of working through Zoom and platforms to do things virtually. And so anybody listening to this, you don't have to be in Washington, Pennsylvania to connect with you. If you're in California, you can still connect with Adam here. I just wanted to mention that as well. It's interesting. My business for years now, when, when the WebEx uh, platforms became more and more popular and more and more available for business owners like myself to make it part of their practice, you know, for years, we pushed hard to introduce that to our client relationships solely because it helped us 
with more touch points. We could service better. We could be in touch with more people more frequently. And that nothing is, you, you can never duplicate the face-to-face, right? But it definitely helps us keep in touch. And, and COVID really just fast-forwarded that for, for just about anybody in our business. You know, it, it immediately, it became a necessity overnight. Uh, we certainly have evolved and adapted uh, our business to make sure that, again, we're, we're staying in touch with people as much as we can safely and, and as frequently as, as we want to be and should be. Yes. And it seems like from my experience working with you, you have quite a bit of flexibility in terms of when you can meet with people in addition to the, you know, the way you connect. So that's really nice. Indeed. I'm truly blessed with the ability to, um, for the most part, make my schedule work around my customers' needs. And, you know, and you know, somebody that's, that's around my age, I just turned 47. Um, understanding that Monday through Friday, nine to five for most folks is not at all ideal for them to get together for, for a meeting to talk about what uh, we want to go over. And so doing nights and doing weekends when possible, um, or very early in the morning is something that happens all the time, as you can imagine. And so that's something that I learned a long time ago. And again, have received a lot of positive feedback through the years, but you, you got to make that time to be able to, to tackle what you need to tackle. Yes. And healthcare providers, as you know, because your wife has worked nights for many, many years, you know Mm -hmm. that healthcare (laughs) providers have some really crazy schedules. I know she did night weekends for quite a while. And so you, I think you're pretty empathetic and understanding to the diverse uh, schedules that healthcare providers do have. Absolutely. Can you just talk um, as we kind of wrap things up? One final piece that I really wanted to touch upon If somebody has some employer-based investments, you know, through a 401k or 403b, do they have to move those investments out to work with you? Or can you just work with that in place and then add to it? Yeah, good questions. When it comes to your employer-sponsored retirement plans, again, kind of the 403s, 401s, 457, when you have a plan, whether you are employed by currently employed or whether you are separated from service for any reason, you moved on to a different career, retired. Um, the, the plan document that I referred to earlier, that summary plan description, um, is the document that will, at the, at the beginning of that, I guess at the starting point of that, will outline what is available for an individual when it comes to does that plan have to stay there? Is it allowed to be managed elsewhere? Is it, you know, so on and so forth. Um, Every plan being a little bit different um, is going to have its own provisions. And and so doing the proper analysis in that space is is definitely important from a management standpoint. It's kind of that's the one A and the one B of could a customer, I guess this gets to the heart of your question there, Amy, is could they have it to be managed uh, let's just say, for example, somebody has a 401k with their current employer, and they've been saving into that for a number of years. And when they go online, they see a pie chart of their fund choices, and they want to know, you know, did I pick the right things? Am I on track for retirement? I might want somebody to help me, quote unquote, manage this this asset. 
and have that work alongside with, let's say, an investment account that they may have that is under my management independently from their employer plan outside. The software that I have that I work with uh, with everyone with an e-money subscription, it's called Wealth Vision. It's a division of e-money, but it's specific in the sense of, of retirement plan and savings and investing. Um, customers have the ability to take the the data that makes up that pie chart that they see online and use that data as a set of information that we can use so that when I'm helping them manage their account that's outside of their employer plan, we can make smart decisions in their plan outside to make sure that it correlates or coincides or, or works in harmony, I guess is the best way to put it with their 401k, understanding that when you have an employer plan, and if you're currently working for that employer that's not under my management, it's not a space where I could step in and I could help that individual make those selections. I could not check the boxes for them in that plan, but I can certainly give them all of the information with respect to the account that I am helping them with so that everything works harmoniously and it really will help them make those decisions for themselves in their employer plan again to make everything work in harmony so to an extent it's not directly under management with me but it's a situation where again i'm giving that uh, individual all the information that they could ever want to know to make the best decisions for themselves within that plan I know from working with you, it's nice to have that screen and just see it all in one place, even though we didn't move necessarily all our money to you. We kept some of it in our employer plans, having like kind of one stop to see everything laid out in graphics, see the numbers, see the breakdown. It's really nice. It's a really nice tool. It has become such an important part of my practice learning a long time ago that again, if you, if I were trying to help a customer and working with a customer to manage um, an outside account, let's say an IRA that they have uh, with me at LPL, and I did not incorporate the information from their other accounts uh, to make sure that we're making the decisions based on the holistic picture, there's no real way that I could help them or, or clearly say, hey, we're making the best possible decisions within the account that we're working on together. I couldn't do that unless we, we kind of knew the big picture, at least to an extent, right? Using this tool really helps us keep that in real time because it's something that updates nightly. We know as, and we all know, market conditions are changing. It seems like you know, every day it's something brand new. The, the Dow is up 500 points and down 500 from, from one day to the next. Being able to, to keep up on that and see that, and you can check in as frequently as 365 days a year if you wanted to. I think that it's been such a valuable tool and I've, I've loved having that as part of the practice. It makes a, a huge difference. I agree. So I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. So for parents who are in the early stages of grieving, who may want to you know, reconsider 
some things in their lives, financially, professionally, personally, and may have debt and, or may want to work part-time. And we've covered some of those things. We've talked more about the long-term bigger picture and even pivoting to being an independent contractor or working locums, that sort of thing. Do you feel like we've missed anything in this conversation that you'd like to just add in as we wrap up? I think we covered a lot. And I, again, I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to be available for folks that, that might need some assistance. I would say as, as we wrap up, I will include access or, or the link, I guess I should say, to my website. There's a wealth of tools, resources, the budgeting and expense spreadsheet that I use with my customers. I will provide a link in the notes there that you can access. If you're starting off at a point where you it may be at the very beginning and you're just not knowing where to turn. So very happy to, to answer any questions out there. I do not charge a fee for consultative services. My fees are all framed around the assets under management that I have with my customers. And it's all a very upfront and transparent fee. Nobody's ever sent a bill or, or ever um, seeing a fee on a statement that they weren't aware of before um, any transaction or anything like that took place. So the information starting points, if you're just like you said, I think there, Amy, you, you may not know where to begin or, or, or where to start. Absolutely, positively reach out. Um, I'll have all my contact information and everywhere that links to the resources that would be helpful. But I will put it all in the show notes attached to this podcast to make it as easy as possible for people to find you. Just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing this time and your expertise and your many, many years of experience. And more importantly, thank you for just being sensitive to the needs of people who are going through a difficult time and appreciating how Monday through Friday, nine to five doesn't always work and that you are here to be of service and support to those in need. Absolutely. So very happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Amy. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Because we all are in healthcare and know that many regulatory bodies have lots of check marks and things that need to be done. In light of this, there is one disclosure that I need to read aloud before we close this out. Adam Kearns is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC, certified retirement counselor designation conferred by International Foundation for Retirement Education. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Just as grieving is a unique journey, so is your financial journey. Finding somebody that you connect with, that you can trust and get the information that you need to navigate your financial journey can be challenging. I hope this conversation with Adam helps you. Feel free to reach out to him or use the information that you have gathered from this podcast to find somebody that you trust and can support you with some of these really important decisions. 
If this podcast was valuable to you, please rate and review it in Apple Podcasts. It helps other providers who are grieving after pregnancy or infant loss find content like this to support them through their grieving journey. If you would like to be part of the virtual grief support group, it meets on the second Monday of every month at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find a link with more information in the show notes. And finally, I'm gonna start offering some yoga at the end of August. So if you'd like to join me for some gentle yoga on a Sunday evening, please find the link below and I'll see you on your mat. Thank mm-hmm. you.